Hey class, it's Ashley, and this is School on Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. If you aren't already following us on Instagram, help us reach the centennial number. We are super close to 100 followers on Instagram, so if you're not already following us there, do that today. It's instagram.com backslash school and life podcast. That's instagram.com backslash school and life podcast, S-C-H-O-L-I-N life podcast podcast. We know we have thousands of listeners all over the world, and we're excited to have some of those folks also following us on Instagram. So you can stay abreast of recent episodes. You can comment your favorite parts of recent episodes and just join us in the conversation. So make sure you're following us on Instagram. Again, it's instagram.com backslash school and life podcast. This week in mentor moment, I want to talk about LinkedIn. I recently hosted a live where I talked about going beyond the basics and really leveraging LinkedIn to gain visibility and attract employers. And in that live video, I shared four specific and targeted strategies about how to leverage LinkedIn to really gain visibility and position yourself as more of an expert. So I'm going to put the link to that live video in the show notes. And I absolutely want you to watch that live and then take immediate action on doing the things that I describe in the video. I'm going to walk you through them here, but in the live, I go through them in more detail. So I definitely want you to check out that live again. I'm going to post it in the show notes for you to view. And then when you're done with that, make sure that you comment either on the feed post on my Instagram at instagram.com backslash Ashley Ashire or on the pod or on the podcast Instagram at um, instagram.com backslash school and life podcast so that we can see that your LinkedIn is optimized and that um, you've done the work and we'll be sure to follow back on LinkedIn as well. So the first thing that you want to do to optimize your LinkedIn profile is to customize your LinkedIn URL. The second thing that you want to do is make sure that your headline is customized and you can add customizable strengths in that headline. The third thing that you want to do is make sure that you have an uh, about section that is engaging and impactful and tells a story of how your career development is impactful um, and that you're doing real work to serve clients, customers, or communities, depending on your industry. So you just want to make sure that your about section is optimized, particularly the first three lines. The first three lines are the things that an employer or a recruiter can see without having to click further into your Instagram. So at least having the first three lines optimized is critical to making sure you stand out in that platform. And then the fourth thing that I want to talk to you about is the feature section. So making sure that you have something in that feature section. Actually, when I was in the live, a graduate student joined and she asked about, you know, is would it be a good idea to have like a paper that you wrote in the feature section or the executive summary of a, you know, a proposal that you submitted? And I said, absolutely. So whether you're a graduate student, whether you uh, are new in the field, or even if you have 25 years of experience, you want to absolutely have um, something in that feature section that shows your expertise in your industry. And if you can't find 
find anything that shows your expertise. You can even have something in your feature section that calls out your, like your interest in the field. So let's say you um, are someone who works in um, accounting and finance, and there's an article that says, you know, black accounting and finance professionals, you know, experience, you know, you know, racial trauma at work or black accounting and finance professionals are often not receiving raises at the same counter at the same rate as their white male counterparts, for example, you can pin that article to your feature story. So if you want people to know that you care about pay equity, and racial pay gaps, right, then you can pin someone else's work to your feature story too. If you don't have anything in the public space that you can pin for yourself, just sharing your position is a great way to do that as well. So definitely um, make sure you have something in that feature section because that will absolutely make it stand out. For more strategies on leveraging LinkedIn, make sure you check out the full video. Uh, it'll be linked in the it'll be linked in the show notes and just definitely check that out. And when you're done, make sure that you um, share that you're done by sharing that you've completed this homework assignment for from the mentor moment in um, our Instagram comments. So next up is I digress. And this week, I want to talk about limiting beliefs. I have started to learn more about mindset and limiting beliefs and ideas that kind of float in and out of our mind about what we're capable of, what we can do, you know, what's available to us. And I think that I think this is more apparent to me, particularly now as a career coach and, you know, working with so many women around their career and advancing their career, they have off, they often have so many limiting beliefs around what's available to them about around, you know, how they should job search, you know, if they can job search, how they can advance their career in what ways they can advance their career. There are just so many roadblocks. And a lot of the, and, and certainly, you know, I provide a lot of high level strategy and support to my mentees to help them navigate those roadblocks. But often before we can even get to the strategy, I often have to help my mentees change their mind, right? Change their mind around what's um, available to them, change their mind about what they can do and how they can advance their career and, and why that is available to them, why that's a thing that they actually can do. And so I was on a call with my business coach and was talking about some of those limiting beliefs that show up, you know, for people. And she took us through this framework. It's by Byron Katie. Uh, Byron Katie is a author and public speaker who talks about like the method of self-inquiry. And if you ever heard anybody say, oh, they're doing the work or, you know, uh, they're, you know, they need to do the work. That phrase, the work literally comes from Byron Katie. <laughs> also, a lot of people may not know that, but it literally comes from her. And she is a, she is a, a speaker and author who has, you know, been talking about this work, the work, if you will, for many years. And it really helps people kind of unlock their potential and shut down limiting beliefs, shut down thoughts about what you can do and in, in getting out of a negative headspace through like helping them have tough conversations with themselves. 
So I want to, this was really recently introduced to me and I'm going to introduce it to you all, my audience, because I'm really, I really benefited a lot from it. And I'm excited to, I'm excited to like walk you through an example of it. One that is common when I'm talking to women about their careers, but I think it can be applied to any negative headspace or negative belief or negative self-talk around anything in your career um, or your life or anything It can be applied. So let's just walk through it here. So this is Byron Katie's how to deal with the limiting belief or how to deal with getting out of a negative headspace. And the first thing that she encourages folks to do is to become aware that they're in a negative headspace. So sometimes you're just going about your day and you're living your life and you kind of get in a funk and you start talking to yourself negatively. Oh, you can't do that. Or you shouldn't do that. Or somebody speaks some ill thing in your life. Like they say something negative or nasty or rude to you. And you're just like, oh gosh. And now they got you in a funk. They got you in a negative headspace. They got you doubting yourself, doubting your capabilities, you know, doubting your desires. They got you completely, you know, kind of freaked out about your ability to do whatever it is you think you want to do. And so sometimes it's hard, like somebody will be like, hey, are you okay? Or like, what's going on with you? And you're like, I'm fine, right? But we kind of have to push it back against that I'm fine thing and recognize when we are actually in a negative headspace. Like we need to recognize when we are actually in a space where we're not fine and it's not okay. And we are pissed and we are angry and we do feel betrayed and we do feel like somebody hurt our feelings. Like we need to acknowledge that because if we don't, we can't even do the work, right? We can't do the work until we acknowledge that there's work to be done. <laughs> we can't do the work until we acknowledge that that we are mad, that we are angry, right? And you want to make sure that that you don't want to let anybody gaslight you. Like if you're, you know, somebody's always like, well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Like, it's okay to um, not know what's wrong with you, but you need to know that something is wrong, right? That's the first step. So you want to become aware that you're in a negative headspace or that you do have a limiting belief. Um, so that's the first step. And sometimes you can become aware of that yourself. Like you can realize like, okay, yeah, I'm kind of a negative Nancy around this idea, or, you know, maybe, maybe somebody has to point it out, but either way you become aware. So that's the first step. And then the second step is Quest, you questioning yourself, you having some curiosity, you investigating, you know, the issue, right? So the first question you want to ask yourself, is this true? So for example, let's say I meet a professional woman and she has four years of experience in, let's say she has four years, four years of experience in um, HR, right? She's been working in HR in benefits, you know, or something like that for four years. And she is like, she's been working in benefits for four years. She has a master's degree in human resources. She um, feels like she's being overworked and underpaid. She's working in an, she's working in an industry that she doesn't really feel like values her. And she likes doing HR and HR related work and working with staff members and, and colleagues and things like that. But she really wants to, you know, move away from, you know, the healthcare industry where she does HR related work. And she wants to work in like uh, a Fortune 500 company. She wants to work for a, a, a Fortune 500 company that in the HR space. And she wants to move from benefits to employee relations. She wants to do more work around employee engagement, employee support, employee activities, putting on events and engagement opportunities for employees. So she doesn't want to work in benefits anymore. And she wants to shift from the you know medical field into a Fortune 500 company. 
But she feels like in order to do that, she's either got to go back to school to get some type of different certification or degree. And she feels like there's no jobs out there, right? She feels like there's no jobs out there. Um, and that's her belief. And then, you know, she maybe encounters one of my videos or she talks to a friend or, you know, she sees something and she realizes, oh, like, maybe that belief is holding me back. Maybe because I think I need to go back to school or I think I need to get some type of different certification or something, or I need to, like, I can't, there's no jobs out there. Maybe that's part of the issue why I can't find a job because I believe there's no jobs out there. So the first thing you have to like become aware that you even have a limiting belief. And then the, then you get into the questioning framework. And then the first question you want to ask yourself, is this true? Right? So do you know it's true that you have to go back to school to, you know, secure employee relations job in the advertising field in HR? Do you know that's true? And the answer to that question would probably be no, right? Like she, she probably doesn't know that she has to do that. And the other thing is, oh, there are no jobs out there. So do you know it's true that there are no jobs out there? And the answer to that will probably be no too. It's like, yeah, I haven't found one, but it probably is true that there are jobs out there. Like I haven't found one. I haven't been able to secure one. I've been looking, I'm not seeing anything, but the truth is probably that there are jobs out there. I'm just not seeing them. So then the second question is like, how can you absolutely know that it's true, right? Like, how do you know that it's true that there are jobs out there and that you can make this transition? Maybe, you know, it's true because you've seen other people do it. Maybe, you know, it's true because, you know, you've seen a testimonial right on my website that shows someone else with a similar degree and background be able to make the same transition. Maybe, you know, it's true. How You know, the question is, can you absolutely know it's true? And you can't absolutely know that there are no jobs out there. You can't absolutely know that you can't make this transition. You'll know when you're able to do it yourself, but you can't know for sure that you can't do it. Right. So then question number three is, how do you react when, how do you react or what happens when you believe the thought you believe? So if you believe that you have to go back to school to advance your degree, and if you believe that there are no jobs out there, how do you react when you believe that? Like if that's your, if that's the thing you know to be true, quote unquote, how do you behave when you know that? Right. And the answer to that is probably if you believe that there are no jobs out there, then you don't even job search. Or every time you do job search, you're like, this isn't going to yield any results. I don't even know why I'm doing it. This is a waste of time, right? Because you already don't believe it's true. And so you kind of like get defeated before you even get into it, right? You get defeated before you even get into it. And if you believe you have to go back to school, then you're constantly trying to find a program that can fit into your life. And even though you don't have time to go back to school, even though you can't afford to take out 30, 40, $50,000 in student loan debt, you know, you're, but you're blindly doing that. You're like, well, I'll just, I mean, hopefully I'll be able to pay it back. Or maybe Biden will forgive student loans. You're just out here doing the most. <laughs> with the least, right? Because you're just like, I don't know. I don't know what I should do. Maybe I should go back to school. You, you, but you're not taking action, right? Or, or maybe you're in school and you're miserable. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I'm, you know, in school, you know, wasting time and money for a degree that I don't even know if I know how to use or that I even want or that I even need to get the kind of job that I want, right? Right. So that third question of how do you react that slash what happens when you believe that thought? right? You're probably frustrated. You're probably annoyed. You're probably disappointed. Those are, that's the way you react when you believe it's true that there are quote, quote unquote, no jobs out there. Question number four is who would you be without that thought? 
right? So if you knew you were a person who wanted to secure an advertised HR related position and HR engagement related position with an advertising company, how would you move differently? What would you, who would you be if you didn't believe that you couldn't do it? Would you be freer? Would you be happier? Would you move with more ease? Would you move with more confidence? Right? Who would you be if you had the confidence to believe a different belief than what you have been believing? And the fifth question is, what would be the first action you would take if you if that thought didn't exist? If you didn't believe that there were no jobs out there, would you just apply for the jobs that do exist? <laughs> if you didn't believe that you had to go back to school, would you just actually confidently leverage the degree you already have or learn how to confidently at leverage the degree you already have? Would you hire a career coach to actually get help and stop stalling? Would you actually, you know, stop accepting more and more work projects at work and actually, you know, boss up for yourself and advocate for yourself and say, no, I can't take any more work. I'm completely at capacity. Right. Would you say no more? Would you advocate for yourself more? Would you manage up more? Would you be more confident, more fearless? Well, how would you your life look? How would you behave? What's the first action that you would take if you didn't believe that there are quote unquote no jobs out there? So once you've questioned and interrogated, been really curious about, you know, what you what the thought is, then you want to rewrite the thought. So if the thought was there are no jobs out there and I'm going to have to go back to school to advance my career, the new thought might be. I'm going to learn how to leverage, well, I can leverage my existing degree and experience to find a secure role that's aligned with my skill sets, right? I can find a secure role that's aligned with my skill sets using my current degree and expertise. How can I use what I, like showing yourself that you can use what you already have to get what you want. So you can really rewrite that thought. You can tell yourself a different truth, a different story, right? And then you can declare it, right? I'm the type of woman who can leverage my existing strengths and degree to advance my career and secure a high impact, high paying HR engagement role in an advertising organization. And once you free yourself from the limiting belief, there are no jobs out there and you have to go get a new degree and you walk into the truth that you can leverage your existing skills, right? You walk into that beautiful truth that you can leverage your existing skills to get what you want. Then man, like you're really doing something that's powerful. That's impact. And so I want you to consider leveraging that framework, right? You know, if you have a limiting belief around what you believe is capable for you in your career, if you know you want to make $100,000 and you just don't think that's available to you, go through this framework. Figure out a new framework, a new mindset to get you to $100,000 salary, right? If you know you want to be in a management position, go through this framework. Figure out what the limiting belief is that makes you think you can't get to the management level. What's the excuse? What's the limitation? What's the barrier? Write it out. Go through this framework. This is something I'm going through for myself and my own life and business and career. And it's something that I invite you to go through too.
And I'm excited to see you on the other side. Do the work. <laughs> Shout out to Byron Katie and her framework. I'm really excited to, she has a new book out and I'm really excited to read it and learn more about doing the work and, you know, how she um, approaches this important, these important conversations. Her, one of her best-selling books is called, I Need Your Love, Dash Is That True? So I Need Your Love, Dash Is That True? So check that out. I've heard good, really good things about it. And I'm excited to learn more about this framework and how I can use it in my own life and career. And I digress. So last up is TVT. And this week um, in TVT, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about multiples, multiple relationships, I guess. I was watching a recent episode of New Amsterdam. You guys know how much I love a good medical drama. And on New Amsterdam in a recent episode, there was, there was a, pa- a patient with an unconventional relationship. Basically, the patient was married, but then they were also poly and they had, like a group of three people that they were in love with, but they were also still legally married to their wife. And it was this whole sort of dynamic of, you know, what is love? What is relationships? How can we walk in truth of our relationships? You know, how can we be earnest with who we are and how we show up in the world based on those relationships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a really powerful um, episode. And it got me thinking about multiples. It got me thinking about like, love and in relationships. And if you can love more than one person at the same time, and you know, what is love capable of? And do we limit love, right? Like that, that limiting belief exercise that we just went through, do we limit love because we feel like we have to be in charge and you know, that kind of stuff? Do we limit the love that's available to us because of our own limiting beliefs? I've never been Uh, I'm not poly and I'm polyamorous and I've never um, been in a multitude of relationships. I mean, I've dated multiple people at the same time, but I was not committed to any of them. So that uh, made sense for, you know, that those monogamous relationships because we weren't in a relationship, you know, I was just dating, but I love love and I believe in love and I believe in the fluidity of love. And I, but I, my love presently has a lot of limits, right? When I think about the ways I love and the, and the, and the, and what I believe about love, it has a lot of limits. And so, yeah, I just wondered, like, it just definitely made me think, it made me think a lot about relationships and love and the limits of love and and multiple relationships and, and how people can be loved in them. And speaking of love, I think a beautiful example of love is what Pam Kerr, the um, actor who plays Dr. Vijay Kapoor on New Amsterdam has done for his wife. So he recently Uh, announced that he left the show to take care of his wife who has fallen ill. And I'm so sad to hear this because I really loved him on New Amsterdam, but I think it is certainly a sign of love and support that he stepped away from the show to care for his wife who is ill. Um, And so that is just a beautiful sign of love that I just really love to see. So I'd love to dialogue about this. I'm interested if you guys have watched this episode, what you think about the boundaries of love or, you know, multiple people in love with multiple people and the boundaries of those relationships. I think love is expansive and I'm trying to open my mind up to new ways to love people, to of new ways to explore love, you know, more meaningful ways than maybe what I've considered in the past. So 
I definitely would love to dialogue with folks about this. So you can hop in the School of Life's DMs and we can talk more about love and the boundaries of love and multiples there. And so I, I'm eager to know if anybody else has watched this episode and what they thought about the dialogue. That wraps up this week's episode of School on Life. Thanks so much for listening. I'm so grateful to have this community, to be able to have these conversations with each of you. I'm so excited about what's to come for School on Life. In the coming weeks, we'll be bringing back, we'll be um, bringing back guests on the show. So I'm excited to be in conversation with a couple of my faves about all things life, love, and occasionally libations. If you have questions that you want to be, you want to be digressed, digressed, discussed in I digress, please email them to hello at schoolandlifepod.com. Again, that's H-E-L-L-O at schoolandlifepod.com. You can email us any questions you have, any questions you have that you want to be discussed on the show. You have an idea or a thought that you want to make sure that you get my feedback on. You can uh, absolutely email that over and I'll make sure that it appears in the episode. Of course, you're welcome to stay anonymous if you want. I can make up a fake name. I want to make sure that you feel supported, but that you get your questions answered. And I'm so looking forward to talking with you next week. Thanks so much for watching and listening. School's out. Class dismissed.